And we're back. Boys and girls of the pie. It's a check one, two, check one, two from your boy T-Roy coming to you. How are we doing today, Got the baby? coffee in the, in the veins already. The little juice, just mmm. How are we go. doing, baby? Pretty good, baby. I'm a... Uh, you can see I got my freaking iced coffee this morning. I'm good. Uh, shout out to Seven Brew. It's drive through coffee. Coolest spot in Baton Rouge. Go give them a checkout. They are solid. Good not coffee, a, too. Not a paid advertisement. That's just our opinion. That's just opinion-based, yes. Yeah, they're good. Good coffee, good vibes. I love pulling up to a place where regardless of what you're going to get, you get, like, a good vibe. You get, like, a good energy. Because, like, when you put... I haven't had a bad, like, server at Seven Brew when I pull up. They always ask you how your day's doing. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but like it's a little cliche, but it makes me want to come back. Hey, you know, I'll be there. If you get like a, if you're for sure gonna get like a friendly interaction and like some good coffee, you can't beat it. Because if you're going to like Starbucks, they're being kind of rude or like mm, here, coffee. They just don't want to be there, kind of yeah. mentality. Yeah, it's yeah. like they want to be there for sure. It must just be a culture, kind of like how Chick Fil A does. Mm-hmm. You know, Chick Fil A is really good about setting a good culture so that when you go there, you want to come back. Yeah. I mean, it's the Lord's chicken for heaven's sakes. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. You know? I like the I like the shades today. Yeah, I'm thinking about rocking them. They kind of they dim out the lighting a little bit, so I like that aspect, and uh, they kind of put me in my zone. Mm-hmm. So I think I like that a little bit more. You know, right. so I might here, try them next. Here time. we are. You know? No, 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 no. This is my thing, bro. This is this is T-Roy's thing. Yeah, I, it's a little. It's probably a little weird if we're both wearing sunglasses. To be honest, I might even much. put the cowboy hat at one point on. Shit. So mm-hmm. where is it? Is it still back here? Yeah, I see it. Hell yeah, brother. Howdy, y'all. That's a look, dude. Y'all. How you feel? I, pretty good, actually. You feel I, like you're on you Yellowstone really right get, now? You can, yeah, a little bit. You know that's my favorite show, bro. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, You sleep dude. good last night or what? Uh, I feel like I don't ever really sleep good, but I feel like I got a lot of like, sleep, yeah. Hmm. I, have, I have sleep apnea real bad, so like I never, I'm like suffocating myself in my sleep. I like don't actually like breathe right. If you, I don't know if you know what sleep apnea is. I do I, not. Do not, like, imagine waking up and, like, multiple times a night being, like, Because like, you can't breathe? And it's not that I snore. It's just, like, I think I got a deviated septum, so my nose is, half my nose is clogged, like, all the time. Ah. Uh, so, like, yeah. I have to get a, um, a CPAP, the machine that you wear. When I was little, I, I, you know I've got terrible vision, but when I was little, I had uh, sports glasses that I would wear, and... Man, I'll tell you what, because I have these two big bones right here on the inside of my nose, yeah. they're just oversized, I guess, for a kid, they um, they actually um, would cut through my skin to an extent, rub them raw, made me bleed. So I had, that's when I got contacts, actually, <laughs> was because I couldn't play sports with those big old goggles. Mm-hmm. I was that weird kid with the freaking, you know what I'm talking about, like swimming goggles. goggles. Yeah, right. swimming goggles. And you know how bad my glasses are and how thick they are, dude. So imagine, you look how, funny. imagine how bad my sports goggles were because they really wrapped around. Yeah. So, yeah. It was Who's that basketball player that wears, he's like famous for the glasses? Mm, who is it? He's like kind of older. I think he played in like the 80s or the 90s. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a huge basketball guy. I'm usually really good about questions like that. Yeah, you're, you're like the sports, sports guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my style. I like Damn. sports and I enjoy sports, but like, I feel like you're just on a different level, you know? Because like, you don't even play basketball, but you follow basketball a lot. You like, used to play baseball, but like, you follow the shit out of baseball, follow the shit out of football. I can always tell you who the athletes are and who's like the up and comers. And a lot of that has to do with just the fact that I'm a sports center guru. I yeah. can't help but stare at the TV during, like, if ESPN's got Sports Center on, I just want to know what they have going on. Plus, sports betting is my feng shui, son. Yeah. I, if the, my, for whatever reason, I never played it, but basketball is my favorite sport to bet on. I don't know why. I think I, it's the most hectic. I think it's because it's a, such a, like, the back and forthness yeah. and the, the stimulation runs. is there yeah. for sure. Oh, absolutely. But the runs that they go on and just the way that they, you know, a team will go on a 12-2 run. And you're down with, like, six minutes left. Okay, here's an example. I was at a, a casino with Kyle one time, and um, we were shooting the shit, just betting. We had the Denver in one of his parlays, and they were down by, like, 31 at halftime. <laughs> That's not a good feeling, No, dude. bro. No, bro. Horrible feeling. But they ended up coming back. It's the biggest deficit they had come back since in, like, five years. And we just happened to have a parlay. We were at a casino one night. Was like, fuck it, Denver's been hot. Put them in the parlay, you know? 
So, but just one of those examples where basketball is such a – it's not like football where if you got the bigger O-line and you got a little bit more talent on the outside ends, you're going to win the game and you mm-hmm. got a good QB. I feel like football is a little bit easier to predict, which yeah. is why the lines are so close nine times out of ten. But football is also – because of the, how the scoring works with seven points at a time, it's very hard to, for them to predict the true outcome of it, right? Because they might have the de- they might have the spread dead on, but then they don't account for that last-minute touchdown that Tom Brady marches up the field with 48 seconds left. Or Mahomes, what did he have, like 18 seconds? I don't know. Against the – that was in the NFC or the AFC Championship game uh, two years ago, three years ago against the Bills. And they left like 13, 18 seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. And that was too much for Mahomes. Yeah. Dude, he, he marched down the field. And it's the, that's the most incredible like drive, end of the game drive you will ever see. Yeah, for, I feel like for football, sports betting, you can't, you can't ever like count a team out. Like even if a team is an underdog, you kind of have to like take that into consideration. Because if, if you look at like a lot of bet, like NFL, right? Most teams don't win all their games, like obviously. If, so if you have most teams going about 500 or a little more or a lot less, think about it. Like, if you're always going to pick the, the favorite, you're probably going to lose more than you win in a, in a weird way. Depending there's on be what seasons, teams you pick. Well, there's most definitely, and you know, there's specific teams in, that you can bet on and that, well, they'll go on a, a prof, like a, they'll take out the fact of their wins loss and look at how they're covering the spread like mm-hmm. their profit bet-wise. Like if I was to bet $100 on their money line every night or to bet $100 on their spread every night, some teams you'll see you're up like 30 units and like 40 units because you've been taking this one team who they aren't – Vegas just can't get their odds right and they think they're an underdog, but really they're really hot. And there's always moments like that or teams like that where you can ride a wave and – profit a lot like the Bengals last year or the year before that whenever they went from being a team that hadn't made a playoff run yeah now all of a sudden they've got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and this team that's making it to the Super Bowl every year or damn near to the AFC NFC championship you know so I think there's there's always moment LSU 2019 how much money did we make you know, think yeah, about it. That's true. Think about it. When Joe won the Heisman, we won the national championship. We just take those bets all the time. Just, oh, yeah, man, I'm throwing up 50 bucks on LSU to win the Natty. It's a dumb bet, right? $500 but later. that's 500, bro, those was like plus 20,000 odds. Yeah. So if you put $100, you won 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That's wild. Yeah. Sports, man. Kind of switch it around a little bit, and it kind of relates to like what I'm about to talk about, but something that's been on my mind a lot. And, like, how it relates to everything, like, more so, like, relationships, like, overall, is, like, respect. Kind of like you talked about, like, Vegas not, like, respecting certain teams and, like, not giving them, like, their their fair, like, odds and, like, their fair – like, if if they're saying they're an underdog, but in reality they're not, yeah. like, not respecting. how Not that it affects Vegas, but it affects um, – as, like, a sports team, like, if you're not respecting a certain team, then, like, a lot of times, like, what happens? You lose, You bro. lose. And yeah. it's embarrassing. And, like – Something that it's been on my mind kind of all week in like every aspect, whether it's like sports, romantic relationships, like friendship relationships, family relationships, and like everything, business, employer, like everything. Like the, about to like dive deep, I feel like, but when it comes to sports, especially from us being like coaches, how do you feel like respect affects you versus, I'm sorry, how do you feel like respect affects you as like a coach and how do you feel like it can be in your favor like if you're not respected okay so what i would do here is i would say it let's set an example of what respect doesn't look like Mm -hmm. so respect to me what respect doesn't look like from a coaching standpoint is when i see like the dad who's not a really good coach and who's kind of like a shit ass out there screaming at everybody and he's the kind of coach that doesn't have respect from his players his kid and it's also harder for your child to develop a respect for you whenever you're the coach. At the same time, you have to really differentiate the two and separate them whenever, like kind of like church and state, right? Have to totally be separate. You cannot have them correlated whatsoever. And so I think that's where you start seeing the respect side of it diminish. And so that's an example, I would say, of what respect doesn't look like, right? Mm -hmm. And how many times have you heard our boys talk about, oh, well, this coach wasn't very good, or we never had a coach like you? 
but a lot of times their coaches were just their fathers. Yeah. And I'm not saying that our dads are bad. I'm saying that mm. that's just examples of what I feel like is the hardest case to earn respect is as one of the dads of the kids because then you're dealing with headway from the other parents thinking you're playing daddy ball. You know, it, that's it's a hard situation. So for us, being that we don't have any kids on the team, I think that it's very easy for everybody to have respect for us because they know that where we're coming from is just a place of trying to get your kid to be the best athlete and ball player that they can be. Mm-hmm. So when we take that lefty and we put him in the outfield because he's not going to make a high school roster playing infield catcher or really pitching, but outfield he's got three positions that he can make a high school roster on and he's a really good infielder, I mean outfielder, so there's potential there. And we can develop him over the next two or three years if we start him now versus if we stick him at first base just because he's a little bit bigger. But that's not somewhere where I think that he would fall long term. Mm-hmm. So where's the benefit to that, you know? So I think that we earn respect from the parents by, by not doing necessarily what they would do in a weird way, you know, because they know that they are play favoritism. And so I think that we earn a lot of respect from our people, all of our parents, all of our kids. Um, it makes it a lot easier, obviously. But if we didn't have that, imagine the chaos we deal with on a regular basis. Yeah. Genuinely. Because I think true respect, uh, like you can look at this in like romantic relationships, but like true respect, if you don't agree with somebody, then like respect will keep things like cordial. Like if a parent doesn't agree with what we're doing, they could disagree with it so bad to the point where it makes them mad. But if they have respect for you, then they can put that aside and be like, okay, I respect him and like what his goal or what his mission is. So like I can kind of put my like mental behind behind that like how I feel and like we can move forward kind of like if you're in a relationship right with like with the girl and they're mad at you having respect for the other person if you're mad at them says like I might be pissed at them but I'm not going to treat them worse and that's why like I think respect is even more important than love really because love is just an emotion respect is like guys yeah for females that's not necessarily true oh yeah females need love and compassion versus guys aren't really if you tell me every day, like, hey, I appreciate what you do for our family and, like, I believe in you, that's enough for me to go for, the like, the week pretty much, Yeah, you know, to be honest. I don't really need much. Because respect is a principle, not yes. an emotion. No. I don't need the emotional support of that. Now, do I, you know, I, I, do I like a little emotional connection? Obviously, yeah. everyone does. But for me, if you just let me know that you appreciate the hard work that I'm putting in on a regular daily basis to make sure that our family is taken care of. Even if you're mad at them. Or even, even if, if you're, you're upset with me and you don't like the way things are right now or times are tough and we, you know, work slow or whatever the case may be, you know, at that time. But I'm saying if you can put all that shit to the side and just appreciate that, that at the end of the day, <laughs> Jesus. Zeus. <laughs> so happy. No, at the end of the day, that, Zeus, come sleep, bud. At the end of the day, if you are just appreciating the little things like that, then I'm good. I mean, we're gonna you're gonna have ups and downs in the relationship emotionally, but the respect has to always be there. You let me put you on game. If we got any females listening to this, don't hit your man where he's like sensitive and low at. Because even if it's true, and even if he is having a moment, and that's like if he's weak there, and that's like a weak spot for him, don't hit him low there. That's like mm-hmm. hit. That's like a nut check, you know. Yeah. And I, it's. Because that's where you, no, you that's where you diminish that respect is whenever you just get caught up in the emotional side of it and you say something maybe that you don't mean, but it just or maybe you do mean it and maybe it is true, like I said, but it's still you know that's where he's kind of like a weak spot for him. Help that's where you have to help a man grow. That's not where you beat him down at, you know. And yeah. I think that that's a big problem we see in today's society is that there's a lot of cases where when a man's needing support in a specific area of his life he can't get it because he's supposed to do something a specific way there as far as how society conforms us Mm -hmm. you know so like they it's expected that i'm supposed to be able to handle this so like if i or like for me my i lost a parent when i was younger so that's like a soft spot for me so if some chick was to say like you don't know how to be a man it would probably be kind of a weak like a week that's a weak spot for me right i i never had a dad really so one of those moments where it's like, even if it may be true, you don't hit someone where they're yeah, weak, no. you know? And that's just an example of it, you know? Because that's something that I won't be able to forget that you said. And honestly, I wouldn't even believe it because I know that that would just be somebody saying something that they 
are going out of their way to be hurtful, you mm-hmm. know? So there's that side of it too, where I have the confidence in myself to know that I'm a good person. And what I do for my family is enough to say that I could take care of my family and somebody else's, you know? So I appreciate the opportunity of being a man more than anything, you yeah. know, the opportunity to set my value and to grow. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. So, but yeah, don't hit a man where he's weak. No. That, that's just, you know, one no, of those things that you just don't do. Something crazy too that I've, uh, I've been living with my grandparents, right? Like getting out of the military and kind of getting settled back in my hometown. Like, uh, my grandma and my grandpa have like a really like typical old school, like type of marriage where they're more, my grandpa wasn't very like, like super, super masculine, super like in charge, but they, they have a lot of respect for each other. It's, I would say it's like 50, 50. They're very like, they compromise a lot. Um, like that whole thing, but the respect that they have for each other is crazy. Like no matter what's going on or no matter how annoyed at each other they are, or no matter like what happens, they always like respect each other. And I think that I could honestly say that's probably why their marriage has lasted so long and been so good, you know? But like, I don't think you see that nowadays. I think people get so caught up in like trying to one up people or trying to like keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. I'm no, not even that. Just like, having to, taking everything so personal or taking everything so like, because if her, I think, I truly believe this, but the only people who hurt people are hurt people. So like if... On a villain arc. Yeah. You know, because I don't think that 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 is true, but think about from our perspective, we've been, we've had hero villain arcs and we we try to take the hero arc and make a point to like hold each other accountable to go on the hero arc every time. So... Yes and no. You know what I mean? No, there not, is the there is the flip side. I always right yeah. equal and opposite forces. Not, not all hurt people hurt people, but the people who do, do? Yeah. are the ones mm-hmm. that are hurt and not healed. They don't know how to heal from it. Yeah, and uh, that could be like what we've talked about though, bro. Not having that person there for you, you know. And when you don't have that person to lock you down and to help you out, like I mean, tell them the military story about Which like one? the buddy of yours who just like comes from arms room. Or, like, the arms guard room, where he's just, like, checking shit in and out all day. Yeah, like, I I think I did talk about it on, like, the first episode, but I kind of, like, run through it. So It was pretty quick, I think. I don't really think you dove into it. Yeah, so, one of my really good buddies, um, and that was in the military, I just, like, wasn't very close with him, right? And he... Well, you have a group of people that you work with every day, and he wasn't in that specific group. So it's hard to get close with a guy like that. But yeah. the fact that he works in a total different sector and decided to entirely come over to yours, that tells me everything I need to know about it. Yeah. That, that there's clearly not enough communication going on, and there's not enough outlets for dudes. Yeah. No, yeah, for real. And I think that's what... Like, call me crazy. Maybe it was, I don't think it was an isolated thing for, like, just guys in general. But the guy, we had some really small, like, quick interactions. Just a cool, funny dude. And, we, you know, you know when you hit it off with somebody, you don't really know him. But for some reason, you're just like, cool with him. with him. Yeah. And he came up to me in the middle of the night. He was going through a rough breakup. He was engaged for three years. He was about to get out the military. And his girl was just like, hey, this is not it. And they had a life plan together everything they're about to buy a house everything and he came up to me in the middle of the night and in the like our job we were armed up all the time and he came up to me and was like hey like more or less kind of didn't say much and then we were kind of talking and he just started break like broke down like cried and was like kind of like freaking out and he was about to he was about to take his life he was considering doing it and we were kind of like shook like whoa you know like it's kind of like surreal because it's like two in the morning. We're on night shift, and he's like just breaking down in front of us as like a man, and that's that's vulnerable, dude. Like to be not really comfortable with somebody. Nine out of ten dudes will look at you and be like, "You're a pussy ass bitch." Yeah. But not knowing that the reason that they're like that is because somebody like you they can't talk to. Yeah. You know, like that's the worst thing to say to somebody at that moment. It's yeah. To, it's to think of, judge them for it. You and know? I don't, I don't know if, I don't know why. I don't know why he picked me. I, I know why he picked me, I think, but I know why he didn't feel like he could talk to anybody else. And I think it was like a lack of the people that were in his like work group or like section, we used to call it. I don't think that they, they would have been receptive to his experience. Maybe they, he didn't feel like he could connect with anybody. They would have judged know. him. 
Yeah. He would have felt judged. Versus yeah. with you, he didn't feel like you would judge well, him like, as a human. You would just I think be there's, there there's a lot of power him. in being able to be vulnerable around like another guy. Like I would never yeah. I would never break yeah. down in front of every anybody, nah. bro. Nah. You know what I mean? But it shows I think if you can do it, if somebody has the the ability and the vulnerability to do that in front of you, it shows that they find a lot of strength in you. Which is like as a guy, what do you have to be? You have to be that guy. You have to be able to like take take like an emotional situation and be like, hey, dude, like we're gonna be good. You have to be. You have to be like, as a guy, at the end of the day, you should be your family's rock, your wife's rock, your kids' rock. And that's why I think that's why men's mental health is so bad because a lot of people literally might not have anyone they can confide in or they feel like they can't, which is the same thing. So like the thing is, is as a dude, when there's a fire, you're supposed to throw yourself into it to help put it out. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Like, you're supposed to be a kid's rock. So what does that mean? When they're going through the shit and they've got fire going on, you're supposed to throw yourself into the fire and walk through it with them. Yeah. Kind of help them cover them up a little bit. Be their yeah. blanket, shelter. Dude, like, look at so, yeah, there's look at our baseball it, team, dude. Like, no matter what we have Not going much, on. Not much, but. And it depends on where you go through, right? I'm sure my mom was, it was probably pretty traumatic. I'm sorry to over overcut you, but I'm sure it was pretty traumatic seeing me as a kid, like, lose a father and also losing, like, an ex-husband who yeah. you... You know, it's not like you ever just quit caring about people. So, it, it's you know, there's moments in life where you kind of like, even being a rock for somebody can cost you a little bit, you know? Yeah. It, so It takes, I think every, everything you experience or do either drains your energy or gives you energy. And sometimes you see a lot of people that are drained or like defeated all the time. It's not because they're like shitty or it's not because they're depressed or down. It's because like they just been through a lot, bro. And like. I think you get to a point, too, where you kind of are careful about where you spend your energy. Like the guy I was talking about, he was just careful about his energy, bro. He didn't want to have to say something like that or get that off his chest around people who didn't know what to do even. Yeah. And like... No, that's true. And I think he... That guy, I don't know... I don't know if he would have really done it. I don't know if he was going to do it. But, dude... Doesn't matter. When somebody tells you... They're in that mindset... I, yeah. I didn't know what to do, and I had to talk to somebody about it. Yeah, you assume that they were right. It was that or that. He thought, I guarantee you, bro, knowing that guy, and know, knowing that guy, how good of a person that he was, he thought about it. He was like, this is an option, and like, it makes sense. Do I want to take that moment. route? Yeah, because, dude, he was, so his job for the night was, he was in an armory, like, up giving people weapons and, like, taking them in for the night, like, people coming and going off shift. So yeah. he was just at two in the morning when in his thoughts, I think his girl broke up with him like a week or something before that. So it was just fresh. You know what I mean? And not really getting much closure, getting the typical, I, I, I want to say she said like the, I just want to work, work on myself. And like all through respect to him and Yikes. the situation, but we all know what that's that means. That's tough. Yeah, no, she's, she's looking for a better option. Yeah, and I think. Anytime, I anytime a chick leaves you, She's betting against your future. Just yeah. understand that. Yeah. That that that's the that's the cold hard truth behind it. But keep going. And I think in the moment, I think we, we talked to him, but I don't know if it was the right thing to say at the time. But I did tell him that because, like, to me, when I see somebody down, like I I'm gonna find a way to bring him back up, or at least like you know con like control the situation. And I told him like, hey, dude, like, you know, I don't mean this in a bad way or disrespectful way, but I think what she really means is like you're not the one, and like don't get too strung out over it. And we've all been there, bro. I've been on the opposite end of that where like, I don't feel like that, but someone had to tell me that because when you're, when you're in that universe, you're in that emotion, it's hard to think straight, you know? And I think that that's, we talk about it, but that's why you have to have solid people in your life. Dude, if he wasn't in my life or he didn't choose to have me in his life until that moment. But I think at that moment we got closer because he was like, oh shit, like this is a good person to have in my life. So, but, and, and it's wild because typically you don't confide in people like that unless you were super close with them. Like, I would confide, like, if I was going through the shit, bro, you would know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. telling you, hey, like, I'm in a really bad spot, bro. I need some help. And, like, that would be, I would expect that from, like, you to be there for me. Because, you know, like, we've always, that's how we have each other's backs. We're best friends with brothers. Like, if you got fire, like I said the other day, like, if you're going in the fire, bro, I'm coming with you because, like, straight... It's straight facts that no one's pulling me out the fire except for you. I don't trust anybody else to pull me out of the fire except for you. And mm -hmm. that's just what it is. I don't trust anybody else to risk their life like that. Mm -hmm. So that's just who, how I view it. I'm not going to do crazy shit without you, really, because I don't trust <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers to like watch my back or really have my best interests in mind that same way. 
right? And there's only two or three people in this world that I really consider people in that realm where I can lock that. I, I don't have to worry about what's going on behind me because I know that person's fucking solid. And I don't have to worry about the shit that comes with them. Mm. You know, if anything, the shit that comes with them better worry about me. So, mm. you know, that's because I'll be the, I'm the same way. I'll be the same fucking individual for that person. You know, I've, you've seen it. You go in the fire. I'm right there behind you, bro. I might be half the size. But if it's fucking if you need if it's swinging time, bro, it's swinging time. And mm. like if if a homie's if I even see something that looks weird, I'm on the way. <laughs> like it's not up for debate. Yeah. You know, I might I'm not a big guy, but you've seen it. I'm not. I'm also pretty fucking feisty when it comes to scrapping and shit. So not here to play no bullshit games with nobody ever. And like, I don't never start anything, but when it comes to friends and like family, there's no, it's not, it's not up for the, there's no questions. Like, there's, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? There's no, it's, it's, it's boom, done. It's what it is. What's your opinion on the, so you know the quote, like blood is thicker than water, right? So I know that I don't understand that. I know we talked with one of our team dads about it and he basically said it was, so like you would always think that Blood is thicker than water means... What does that mean to you? So I always was under the impression that, like, oh, family's more important than anything because mm -hmm. blood is thicker than anything. You know right? the, the full quote? But now that we... No, I don't. But now that we talk to the team dad, I, and I don't really know the full extent of it, but the way that he explained it was that basically it's at, we have it as backwards, right? That yeah. the real meaning behind it is something along the lines of that be, b water is... You tell it because it kind of so gets, it's a little over a bit in my head and I'm yeah. not too like and I think, familiar on it, but I understand the concept of it. Yeah, like blood is thicker than water. Most people think that like family is more important than anything, but people get it twisted because like the, it's a Bible, it's a Bible verse. I, it's the, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, meaning in my own words that uh, a bond and friendship, a bond and brotherhood. A brotherhood is and more important. Is more important. Well, not necessarily more important, but means more than like uh, someone just in your family, just because. Just because. Just because they're, they're just be if they're shitty, if they're not a good person, doesn't mean you have to like die for them. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And like, should you? That's you know up to your opinion. But like, basically, it's saying is like it's better to die for somebody who you you would die for that would die for you versus someone in your family that wouldn't necessarily die for you. That's exactly and right. And I think that's all it means, really. That's exactly right. It's basically telling you that, like, just because somebody might be your uncle or your cousin or your aunt or even, like, your first, like, immediate relative, right? Like a, a brother, sister, mom, dad. If the loyalty isn't there and the respect's not there, then the blood, again, the blood of the covenant, which <clears throat> is with your homies, with your friends, with the people that truly, and that could be also be your family, right? That could yeah. be the people, like, well, look at my little brothers. We are close close knitted and i'm adopted by my sister and they're born by her but they we consider each other brothers mm -hmm. and that's how they always look at us and that's how they look at me shit bro they look at you as a brother yeah. you know that's because me and you are like it's it's so it, and that's how it's supposed to be though is that like if your family considers your friend's family you know you're doing something right mm -hmm. at least I, I would hope that you're and your mom's probably not as close to my family as my family is with you. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And like, the, she, she probably know, would be. She's just not. In she's the same just not town. in the same town. Yeah. So, but like, Nikki's always been five minutes down the road from wherever we were. Mm -hmm. So that was always just a, a factor. And she's never had. Fuck! I said names. I did it again. That's all right. But like, she's always been Good solid. Like you never have to worry about uh, if she's gonna be solid for you or if you need like you need a meal, bro. She's got you. You need a place to stay. She's got you. She's just always been one of those people. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen that growing up, and I think that was a big factor on how I was able to turn out the way I was because seeing that, like, a, what a good role model and person looks like, you know? So, mm -hmm. but, I mean, man, life is just what you make out of it. And so the when you find a good group of friends and a good group of people that you can surround yourself with, that you can network with, that's also got the same intentions and work ethic as you and wants to keep moving forward and wants to just consistently progress, man, yeah, that's, that's lethal, bro. Yeah. That's dangerous. dangerous. And we, we keep saying, like, if we find one more motherfucker who wants to jump in our circle and just grind it out with us, you won't be able to stop us. Mm -hmm. It will be impossible. Because mm -hmm. right now we're kind of limited with just the two of us in a weird way. Because there's only, you can only do so much when we split up. 
You know, that's that's the that's what always geeks me out. It's funny because like if if you're trying to li- if there's like a thousand pound like barbell and I try to lift it, I can't. But like if you try to lift it too, it's almost like whatever we can do equally doesn't match what we can do like together. Mm-hmm. And that's with like anything though. It's it's just kind of funny, but like kind of like how we talked about like the brotherhood thing and like even like in the respect thing too. Like something about like multiplying like energy is like crazy. You know what I mean? Like divide and conquer. Yeah. Is like a legit thing. Yeah, it's a legit thing, you know. If you're taking like look at us even I'll just use the job site for example. When we go to different job sites or if I've got to go on a material run, it's almost le- it almost makes more sense in a weird way to just like go together and then just keep like keep moving around and keep going back and forth cuz when we work together and we're on something together, we do twice as much work. Mm-hmm. Like when we're both working on the same thing, which most people can't, I've learned that it takes specific individuals who with, and what's the word I'm looking for, with a, a very good work ethic to be able to do the same project as somebody, but also stay moving and not watch. Because mm-hmm. you'll notice a lot of times there will be, like, you'll be doing something and a motherfucker will just kind of be sitting on the ground, like kind of watching you and you're like, bro, you're not my boss. So like. Mm-hmm. Get your ass up here and come fucking help, you mm-hmm. know? And that's what always gets me is you'll notice that. And But when you got a guy who doesn't want, who doesn't try to find that free time right there, dude, that is elite. And that's why I always say it. That's why you see immigrants who come to America, bro. That's why they make s- such an impact in the workforce in that blue collar world. And it's because they don't come over here looking f- like, they come over here as looking at it as an opportunity, not like they're entitled to anything. So when they have an opportunity to work, they're fucking putting it. They don't see a phone. You don't see any bullshit. They're grinding. And they don't stop. They don't take lunch breaks. They're incredible workers. So it's a there's a hard truth there that like the American workforce is getting replaced by immigrants just because of the fact that they're willing to do jobs that you're not, and they're also willing to work twice as hard as we are. Mm-hmm. And so that's a... And, it's dangerous combo. It's a dangerous combo. And that's what I keep saying is like, if you can develop those traits as a human, you will be unstoppable because to be able to focus and put your energy into something like that and not have to worry about what's going on around you or worrying about what he's got going on because you know that motherfucker is also doing his job just like you're doing. That's scary. Mm-hmm. That's very scary. Cause then you can just, you're going, you're going, they're going, he's going, the, we're, we're going, you mm-hmm. know? And it's a, that's a fun world to be in. That's when you really start seeing jobs turn over. That's just really when you start seeing productivity go out. And that's just an example of like where, how hard work pays off and how like putting your best foot forward every day can actually result in, it's a shorter, it's a long-term process, right? But it's that 1% mentality every day. If you're, if you're doing that and every day you're, you know, over the course of a year, you're going to see your profits grow a two hundred percent, three hundred percent, because you're getting twice, three times as much more work done with that mindset. It's so much more effective. Mm-hmm. And so when you learn to monetize certain, uh, when you learn to monetize certain processes and certain procedures to the, like really monetize it, right? Like knowing this is the most profitable way to do this, and this is like we've tried different, we've tried different techniques, we've tried different ways, and this is how we do it, and this is gonna make the most money. And if everybody does their job, we can push this shit out in like two days. Versus other crews might take two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen jobs where we do it, you know, and that takes a lot of, a lot of trial and error, right? So once you learn how to get those little things down, and you learn how to properly train people, and you learn how to go through those things. Man, you're pretty much at a point where growth shouldn't scare you, you know, because you get to, I say there's different levels to this, and you hear me say that a lot, right? There's different levels to everything, and so you have to establish the framework for the next level before you move up in the level that you are currently at, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. If you don't establish framework for the next level, you will just fall. Okay, it'll fall apart. So you have to be establishing the framework for it, whether it's setting up nice procedures and processes to where everybody's understanding exactly what to do at all times. There's never any conflict of interest or there's never any um, issues with scheduling. Like that kind of stuff matters. And I mean, you'll notice like even the rain and shit can throw off your fucking day because you're doing something outside and now you can't pour concrete or you can't do this or you can't do this and you can't stain a fucking patio because it's, it's kind of... 
the humidity is 120 degrees and it's not sticking or just some bullshit. You know, it's all, it can be just about anything. So you have to be very go, on the go. I love our industry, bro. I really say this a lot, but I appreciate what we do because of how result driven it is and how we get to see different things work out and how we also get to see how things don't work and what to avoid, you mm -hmm. know, and that's, that's probably my favorite part is the seeing, doing something the right way after the previous time getting it wrong, you yeah. know, seeing something finally like click, that's a really good feeling, bro. Yeah. Really good feeling. You talked about like growth and I think something I've been, I mean, I, I think everybody knows this, but I don't think everybody like really understands it that like the only true way to grow is through like pain, like some sort of pain. And it's uncomfortableness. When you get into uncomfortable situations, there's growth there. Yeah. It doesn't always, it doesn't have to be pain necessarily. It could be like, a, it could be anxiety or stress. It doesn't have to be necessarily just pain. No, I, but that's, what, that's what I mean. Like not physical pain, not yes. like emotional pain, but like some type of pain, like being in the gym, it's very relatable for me. Like you're not gonna get bigger arms, bro. Unless if you don't you feel some burn. If you don't, if you're not curling till failure, sometimes to where it's like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, this is you killing know? me. Yeah. Like this doesn't feel good. But like, what's the point? Like bodybuilding, right? It's not called body breaking. No. Because it's about like building that, up that pain, which equals growth, which equals building it up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like, I, we kind of talked about it, but kind of like the talking about like the boys, right? Like we don't. We're not super aggressive, not super mean to the point where, like, we're just chopping them down. But we are giving them, like, some type of pain, some type of resistance, some type of, you know, like, like the, the analogy I gave is, like, the tree. If you give, like, a, a baby tree a hurricane, you're going to kill it. Yeah. But if you give a baby tree, like, a little wind, like, you kind of, like, nudge it around a little bit, it'll be like, oh, damn, like, I need to grow some roots or, like, mm -hmm. I grew some roots. But then at the point, there's going to be a certain point when it's a big-ass oak tree where it can withstand, like, a Category 5 hurricane. Mm -hmm. But you can't, like... There is, like, a... Too much pain is probably a bad thing, but it's, like, how you... As a human, you have, like, a beautiful experience where, like, no matter how much pain you go through, you always have an opportunity to learn, learn and grow from it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of like the hero-villain yeah. arc thing. It's very relatable because you could... Dude, you could lose all your money. You could lose your house. You could lose everything. But as long as you're still alive, you still have something to learn from it, no matter whether it's a mistake you made or whether it's bad or if it's something that just makes you stronger, where it was, like, out of your control. And, but, like, you can still learn and you can still grow. But, like, like think about it. Like, people who don't experience anything – I think we talked about it last episode. Like, people who haven't experienced any type of stress, anxiety, or any type of, like, trauma, they're not going to handle life very well, you know? Because, like, if you go through your childhood, you go through your teenage years without experience in anything like anything crazy or like any type of adversity you it get into you adult a really rough even high school by that time you yeah. if you don't know any kind of like failure trauma like some kind of a situation where you face some adversity that's where i feel like you really even start to see a culture not a culture but like a uh emotional maturity gap if you mm -hmm. want to call it that where you see some of these kids are like a little bit above, a little bit further advanced than these other kids because and you remember being a freshman at school, bro. There's still kids that are like really fucking weird and like playing video games and just kind of not speaking to anybody. And then there's certain people who are outspoken who have some confidence, and that doesn't just come from anywhere, bro. You have to be in uncomfortable situations to get to that point, mm -hmm. right? So I think there's that side of it, right? So um, I wouldn't say that there's a how do I put it? I wouldn't say there's a very big gap between people at a at like our boys' age before like 10 to 12, 14. I don't think there's a big gap there. I think every kid's kind of like a little different, a little weird. Look at our boys, mm -hmm. but you see at high school, and then once you get to adulthood, dude, it's like there's it's head and shoulders. I mean, you can we we can see it from a mile away. We talked about this before we started the pod, how easy it is to spot somebody who's just kind of like. You can tell they haven't been through any type of like trials. Yeah. They're know? very shook. Just by how they, they talk do. and how yeah. they like, yeah. You Little shit shakes the fuck out of them. People who are very humble have never been humbled, you mm -hmm. know? And if you have been humbled and you're still not humbled, then you're just not learning. You're not like, you're not growing. 
But, like, I can tell. I know. I just met a lot of people through, like, military and just in general. Maybe I'm good at reading people, too. But you can tell. You can tell, bro, like, maybe not right away, but you can tell eventually if somebody's kind of, like, been through it and, like, the type of respect that they have for, like, the God universe and, like, adversity. You just know? the way they move. Yeah. You know what you I mean? Tell. Kind of just the way you move around and, like, you operate on a day-to-day basis. It's like, okay, he's, he's kind of moving different. Mm-hmm. So, or she's moving different, whoever it may be. Yeah. I think, too, man, like, I think one thing that I think our parents respect for, like, our boys is that we're giving them, like, a lot of adversity. We're giving them a lot of, like, growth. We challenge the shit out of them. Yeah. I think it's cool, too. And kind of, like, going back to, like, the respect thing, like, something I try to do is, like, I knew that to get our job accomplished of, like, making them better, like, not just with baseball, but just, like, as young men mm-hmm. or child, like, children, like, they act sometimes. But you have to, like, earn their respect, even though, like, they have to respect you as an authority figure. Like, there's a difference between, like, in the military, when somebody is, like, you have a superior, right? If somebody's an E6 but they're or, like, an E7, but they're, like, your chief, there's a difference between, like, a chief and an E7. Because someone that's, like, your chief, that's different than someone that's just an E7. Because you have to respect them, like, being in the military. But, like, there's a difference between, like, a forced respect versus, like, a, okay, I respect this guy. You know what I mean? And I think as coaches, you get the same type of thing. Like, if we're showing up to practice, we have to tell them what to do, and they kind of know that. Most kids are not that bad to where they won't do what you tell them, you know, like, in a disrespectful kind of way. But if you can do all the things that we did to, like, foster respect and build respect, then it's, it's like, true respect. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, being in the military, I kind of look everything at, like, a in a military kind of way at the end of the day. Because, like, how – and then being an actual leader, I look at things of, like, what can I do to make these guys, like, run into, like, on like incoming enemy fire type of thing, you know? Like, how can I get them to, like, run through a wall with me? How can I get them to do something that they probably don't want to do and do it with, like, enthusiasm just because – I'm telling them to do it, you know what I mean? Like, without any questions asked, which is why, like, whenever we would punish them, a lot of times, if if I said, hey, like, we're about to do burpees because we're messing up, a lot of, that's why I would do it with them because it's not just like, oh, he's making us do burpees, like this shithead, like, oh, shit, he's making us do burpees, but, like, he's doing it too, you know? Or, like, if we're making them run, like, run bases for, like, time, we're like chasing them around. Yeah, we're like running with them. You can't outrun us. We're coaches. You yeah, can't no keep matter up with us. If you're an athlete or whatever, and your coach is telling you to do something from like a punishment perspective, and they're doing it too, you can't not respect that. You know what I mean? Like, if if that's my coach and he's telling me to roll, like football, right? Like a common thing to do is like roll 100 yards. If my coach is telling me to roll and he's just sitting there like laughing at me or kind of like looking at me or whatever and, like, telling me, like, keep going, keep going. I'm going to be like, dude, fuck this guy, bro. Even if he's not a bad person, I'm like, fuck this guy. But if he's, like, forcing himself to go through the suck with me, it's like, oh, shit. Like, he's doing that because it's coming from, we like, We got to do this place. to get better. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we did a good job. Like, looking how, like, the parents talk to us and, like, how they, how they respond to, like, what we do. Because we're definitely over the top, but, like, in a really good kind of way. Last night was good, I think. We had a... Uh little team party thing that was went well. I think the new people are all feeling pretty welcome. They probably like the vibe that we put off as a team. I know that one of them even said that, so that's a good feeling to hear them kind of already oh. talking about how they think that this is going to be a good fit for them. So I think we'll have to see exactly how the season goes, but I'm really looking forward to the group that we've got. I think I – don't, I don't think you always need validation with, like – a job or something that you're doing. But I think it was really cool last night about how all the parents being in one place really told us not to sound like we're like stroking our egos, but all the parents were hyping us up so much, like with everything we did as coaches and like growing, making them grow, making them kind of like be a part of like a unit, be a part of a team. Cause like being my first year coaching, I didn't think that was gonna, I didn't think it was gonna go well, to be honest. Especially early on, whenever like we have a lot of problems. we were struggling. Yeah, I was had like, a couple kids crying and shit, breaking down. It was a shit show. And I decided like, dude, we got to be tough, and like this may not go well from like the parents' point of view because I don't think a lot of parents want to deal with coaches being like real strict on their kids at twelve years old. I don't playing. think we were strict. I think we were just tough. 
Yeah, that's, I don't, that's I, what strict I mean. wasn't a, isn't a good word because we we had fun. Like we let them enjoy themselves, but if they started doing too much, or if they were taking it too far, yeah. or if they were letting the fun get in the way of like playing good ball, then that was an issue. Like we yeah. can have fun out here, but it also needs to be about baseball, and we need to want to win. Mm-hmm. Which I think we, I think this off season making a couple adjustments on the roster. I think it's also going to open the rest of the kids' eyes to saying like, okay. This is about winning games, so like we do need to take this pretty serious, because like I don't want to be the next guy gone. Yeah. So maybe maybe it'll be good for the rest of them too to see that to say like okay, so they will replace us. Mm-hmm. You Foster know, so. like some competition. Yeah, and that's I think that's gonna be good with the setting the roster like batting the maybe everybody on Saturdays and then on Sunday bracket play batting our best nine and put you know trying to turn the lineup back over to CNA more competitive teams so we can move up because mm-hmm. we can't move up to a we can't because the reality of it is dude is that we cannot move them up unless they're ready to move up but they also have to move up because they need to be seeing better competition yeah. so there there's like this there's a world where like you don't get better unless you it's not just going to happen right you don't just get better you have to like see better playing right so there's a world where we have to get them there to, so they can get there but they're also skill wise development need to be ready to get like to face teams like that to where they're not just getting cakewalked because you're not going to learn anything if you're not putting your – if you can't compete, you know. If you're just getting cakewalked every game, you're not actually learning how to play, mm-hmm. you know. So I think there's no. that side of it too, so. I think too, like what was really cool was like the – this first season was just like a – it sucks to look back on it like this, but it was literally just like a trial run. But now kind of like getting like the respect, getting like the the respect and the – getting, like, the approval of, like, the parents and the kids. And, dude, I was, I was kind of scared that a lot of them would quit just by, like, how tough we were. But I, I, I think, thought we were going to lose a few more than what we yeah, ended up losing. So. But I think – I mean, the only kid we lost was a, a kid that we had to cut, you know. But I think it says a lot about us when, when we're as strict as we are and we get the as much as, like, positive – not strict, but as tough as we were. But, like, the amount of positive feedback we did get back and the amount of kids that incredible. stayed – is. I think it says a lot of not to like I I'm not a cocky person, but there's times where I'm like I'm okay like we're we're doing something right we're doing something like well, very right because in you've heard them even say that most teams fall apart don't stick together they get selfish reasons or pull them apart so when you start seeing the I think that's the reality of it right I think that's the the cold hard truth side of it so to know that we're not in that group is nice feeling. Because mm-hmm. that's probably not a high percentage. It's probably like 75-25. Kind of kind of to bring back like what we were talking about earlier, like the blood is thicker than water. I think for for all the parents, they definitely respect us to be able to um, kind of like agree with what we're doing and not like push back or not question it. They don't push but, back at all or question shit. They just are like, whatever, fuck it, we're riding. I could be crazy, but I think a lot of the parents, I think all the parents and even the kids see us more as like a family than as like a coach. They see us as more of like a older brother type deal. Yeah, like an older brother because they're not that far. We're not. We're, we're right in between them, right? Like Twelve like years older. They're how far? How old are the kids? Twelve. 12 13. So thirteen. We're twenty six. That's thirteen years 13. apart. The parents are forty years old. I'm twenty seven. That's thirteen years yeah. apart. We're right in the middle of them. So it's like this weird. It's this weird gap where it's like the kids really look up to us as an older brother figure, but. The parents also kind of look at us as one, like a young parent kind of deal, yeah. where we they look they they see us as treating their kids like they are kids in a way, but then the boys don't feel like that at all. They look at us as like a older brother type deal, where they they don't really buck the system, mm-hmm. you know, like they don't look at us as a parent at all. No, and I think it's cool because even like some of the parents will say it like, "Oh yeah, you know, like I just wanted I wanted them to hear it from you about." Uh, like either working out or doing doing this or doing that because I feel like it's not gonna work if I tell them. Yeah, they don't. Even though it's the same crazy shit. Yeah, like the same. We're sentence. having the same speech, but it it just hits a little harder when coach says it. Yeah, You're like all right, heard. Because they know that we're we're not coming from like a, ah, you know, just do it just because. Like there's usually a reason, and I think now now that we have respect and now that they've seen, like why we do everything we do, even though like we definitely seem crazy sometimes, but they're like. I mean, they're crazy, but, like, it makes sense. There's, like, a method to, like, why we do what we do. 
I think we kind of had a moment where one of the parents wanted their kid to play infield, and we put him in the outfield because it would benefit him long-term to be in the outfield as far as, like, making a high school roster because he's left-handed. And I think that that working out and him become – because he was, he was pr- pretty raw in the outfield at first, wasn't very smooth, but by the end of the season he was very smooth. He looked, he looked like he really felt comfortable out there. And I think that that was one of those moments where I think not just one parent bought in from that moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think it was a good moment where – because I'm sure – I know the parents are all close, and I'm sure they talked about it. And yeah. I know for a fact that they were very happy with how his end-of-the-season performance turned out. Like, by the end of the season, his hands were fixed, and we, we had him freaking – like throwing people out at first base, very comfortable in the outfield playing his position, making plays, sliding grabs on the in foul territory. I mean, it was it was just one of those things where it was like, man, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it just it one of those moments where you're like, ah, yeah, this couldn't have worked out better, bro. So yeah. I was very, I think that was a good moment. We had a couple moments like that too, where we kind of moved kids around. We put one kid in the outfield later on in the season, and he was he made some really, really good plays. And I had seen him make those plays at practice, but we needed an infielder, and we had picked up somebody for that weekend, so we had an extra infielder. So it was like, okay, now we can strengthen up the outfield a little bit. We know exactly who we want to stick out there. So it was one of the moments, and I remember him looking at us and being like, I don't like playing it out there. I was like, but you're really you're good, good at, at it, it dude. Don't, don't be so good at it. Don't yeah. be so good at it, man. He kind of like laughed a little bit, and it was like one of those moments, you know, and, and I think it really hit for him where he was like, they're, I think they all realize that we just want them to be the best players that we can, that they can be. And I think that they just gen, – parents and players, right, they just genuinely appreciate that. Because mm-hmm. we're not out there – we don't have no kids on the team. We're not playing daddy ball to where we're pl- picking favorites or we want this kid to play here because he's my nephew or my niece or mm-hmm. my freaking, you know, my, uh, my son or, you know. I'm just saying there's a lot of situations where – there's you see that especially at 12 10 11 13 you ball there's a lot of that so i think they really appreciate that side of it yeah Um, i think i'm sure they're probably like really confused about like why we do it because i'm sure they've talked about it but you can even tell like when they talk about it like yeah they don't have any some of them talk about it like yeah they don't have any kids on the team i think when they tell other parents that that's like a big like emphasis of like they're just doing it because they really care, and they want your kid. They we're we're genuine coaches. We're real coaches. We're not we're not dad's coaches. We're not we're we're actual coaches. So yeah. that's a, and we don't really get paid for it. So it's not like I think this year they were making comments about like us getting paid paid. So last night, so we'll see about that. So maybe I think they feel bad about how little we made last year and how we pretty much went negative on it. Mm-hmm. And so this year they're trying to make sure that that doesn't happen again because they're gonna want us. You heard one of them already mentioned. It's funny because I heard it last night. Hopefully we have y'all till high school, coach. Already <laughs> talking about next year. And I'm yeah, like, we look. haven't even got – we're literally at the team meeting for this year and the first meeting, and y'all are talking about we want you to stay here till high school, which honestly we probably will. I mean, we're so close. That's one more year after this one, and that's done after mm-hmm. that. And so I think that would be a good three-year stint with these boys. That makes for a good impact in their lives. Um who knows? One of them might be the president one day, and he might hook us up with a good secretary of state job. You know what I mean? Yeah, you never, never know. know. You never you know. Never know. I'm just saying, though, and the parents love us, so there might be opportunities later down the road that the parents might help us in a, you know, a situation, whether it's family or business or just whatever it may be, you know? Um, you never know. That's the beauty of, like, doing the doing the and I don't ever expect that to happen. That's not something I'm like, "Oh, that that's why I'm here doing it cuz I just like doing what we do." But yeah, bro. If that was why we were doing it, we would have quit. Yeah, that would have been cuz we haven't had any benefits like that yet. Dude, coaching know? coaching There's no reward. Somewhere? There's no reward. 
I hate to say that, but it's the re- cold, the only reward no you get reward. is your personal satisfaction that you get out of what you're doing. So yeah. if you're not there for your own personal growth and like for your personal love for the game and those kids, you will fucking hate <laughs> you'll it. Quit. You'll, you'll quit. quit. You won't. You won't enjoy because yeah. that's all there's really is to you'll offer. You'll quit, or you'll just lose your shit, and it won't be fun until you get to like a higher level, to maybe high school or a legitimate like small college job where you're an assistant. That's when you might start seeing like a check. But you don't get no fucking check doing this shit, bro. You no. you get a little coach's stipend of like a thousand dollars if you're lucky, and that's it. And and you but keep in mind you're dedicating five days a week to this. You're missing yeah, out on work opportunities. Every so weekend. it costs you more money than you make at the end of the day. And I mean, fuck, bro, you're buying balls. You you like even the coach's stipend just went to water jugs and like you know cases of waters like gas, and traveling, gas travel and like food yeah, man. Between games and stuff. So it's not like you really end up making a single dollar. You really end up just negative. But, I mean... It takes up an entire weekend, too, dude. Like, an entire There's no weekend. free time. No. If we didn't absolutely love it, we would not do it. We're definitely crazy for doing yeah. it. Yeah. But, like, I, I would say, like... In a good way. The, the energy that I gain... I'll be drained after a weekend of, like, coaching the tournament. But something about... I, I don't know if it's, like, leading people. Because, like, I kind of miss that aspect from, like, the military... But I think it has to do with that, plus, like, the the challenge of, like, growth. The challenge of, like, all right, we got this, like, I mean, not anymore, but, like, we started with this, like, piece of shit group of kids in, like, the most respectful way yeah. possible. They were really raw, though. I mean, we didn't know how to hit a cutoff. We didn't no, really know like where to put it. Our emotions were every, everywhere yeah. all the time. And going from that to, like seeing some kids like really step up like as leaders and people like kids really like going like making sliding catches by the end of the year and yeah like, diving plays and even like our even our um like the guy who runs our organization like didn't really see us play and like from on the and, like the vibe i got he kind of put our team together just because it was a bunch of kids who didn't make like the better team yes. and he was like dude i didn't think y'all were gonna be much and like i can't believe y'all are, like made this much we could compete balance. with his team i'd say I don't see it. his team has a little bit more talent, but our kids have the had that that swag a little bit with them. So yeah. if we show up that day, I, I, and baseball is baseball, bro. Anybody can beat anybody on the right day. Yeah. So I That's think why the it, World Series is seven games. Yeah, I think there's that side of it too, where if we have our A game and they don't show up with their A game, we're waxing their ass. But there's also a day where they wax our ass. Yeah. I really want to play them at some point just to like get in. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see what's up. I want to know, you know. It's funny because, like, I think we could compete with a lot of really good teams. And I think, like, this summer, this coming summer, I think will be a different type of challenge. Like, I, last summer was more about, like, get, building the trust, building respect, and kind of, like, getting them to be able to handle, like, adversity and stress. Figuring out where, who can play where and what lineup is the best and what kids look the best at what positions we were still making lineup adjustments at the end of the season yeah that's a baseball but i think this summer well we're gonna have to emphasize more on like competing and like dominating like if we're up five every pitch yeah like every not just like surviving the game but like dominating and like really putting our throat on people's necks like not literally but you know and like really dominating because i think we have this mentality of like someone will come save us Sometimes, like, if I'm up to bat and I'm in, it's, like, bottom of the ninth inning, two outs, runners on base, like, I think some of our boys will think, like, uh, I'm going to try to walk right here. Not, like, he's going to throw the strike and I'm going to hit it. You know what I mean? I, I think that's, like, something. To, uh, if he throws me something over the plate, I'm going to yeah. come off. Or if we're Unglued. playing a team that we have no business playing, mm-hmm. like, not being scared or not being afraid, even though the pitcher's throwing, like, 100 miles an hour at 12 years old or 13 years old. I think that'll be, like, our – what I try to focus on, like, this year. You know, like, not, not being scared, not being afraid, and if we are, not letting it, like, affect how Just we Just strictly mental toughness. Because I think this, the ball, like, the ability to play ball and knowing how the game, the fundamentals of the game work, I think we're, we've got that all covered. We pretty much got all of that done this past season. Mm-hmm. They know where to be, what, you know, what positions are – covering where and you know who's got the bag and all of that kind of shit matters you know because up until i'd say 10 you ball you just got a shortstop and a second baseman who just run out there and go catch it and throw it in you know so at we started implementing like that third baseman coming out to cover 
that kind of shit, you know, because when the field gets bigger, that's when all that really starts to matter. That's the whole point of it is because you the field is bigger, so you have to have certain people in certain places. So I think there's – that side of it's pretty much all. We've got all that covered. Um, I'm curious as to how they're – we have to – I'd say mental toughness, pitching, and hitting is probably like our top three priorities this season. If yeah. we can develop a couple more pitchers, because we're not going to – we picked up – Two kids that can pitch, but they're not dominant pitchers like an ace on a team kind of kid. So we have to develop everybody pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, if we can develop a couple pitchers to really like how Rocco kind of came into his skin this year, I think that we'll be in a really, really good spot. And then hitting, if we can kind of develop a nine, that dude is dreaming his ass off in there. He's slumped. You hear that? <laughs> is this? Yeah. Yeah, he's sleeping. He's he does that when he dreams. He's probably Chasing squirrels, yeah, probably. Probably so, bro. But hitting-wise, if we can get a solid nine-man nine lineup for Sunday bracket play, we'll be pretty lethal. Yeah. I think, too, I'm excited, man. I, I think, like, a lot of, like, the the hard work we put in this past summer will pay a lot of dividends, like, this summer. And I hopefully I'm not speaking from, like, a delusional standpoint. I think it'll be the one – if there's any reason we get to kind of, like, sit up – kind of take a sit-back kind of mentality and just watch it play out. Because mm. that's the reality of it, bro. We need to be able to stop focusing on them and focus on the game because we have a game to win. Yeah. You know, we, we make mistakes as coaches because we're so having to worry about all, all this other shit. If I don't have to worry about the kid crying at the end of the dugout, then I can tell dude to step off the mound before he's like halfway through his motion balking, mm. you know. And that's when it becomes an issue is it's like – as a coach, you have to be able to focus on the game, call pitches. You can't be worried about if dude struck out and he's upset in the corner back there. That's not what I – I can't be concerned on that. No. So, that, that's something that has it's to like go. like chaos, dude. Like, when you got people running in from the field after we just got three outs and we had a bunch of errors and everyone – this one – like, one kid's crying, one kid's yelling at somebody else and just, like, chaos. There has, we have to be more uh, – we, we have to emphasize to more, like, being calm under pressure and not, like, losing our shit. We need, like – our team captain kind of guys to come in there and be like, hey, that right there, gone, done, let's hit. Mm -hmm. And then everybody be like, <clears throat> kind of mentality. And that's what, just like, some mental, just some toughness in our blood, you know, kind of thicken, thicken our skin up a little bit. Yeah, that, that's what I try to tell our first baseman at the end of our last game when we had like that so a bunch of crazy stuff, like the umpire made a couple, like actually a couple of bad calls and it definitely affected us. But I was like, hey, dude, like, we also made errors. We struck out, we, and we yeah. walked people. So if you play a perfect game, you don't walk anybody, you didn't make a single error, and nobody struck out, then I will say that it might yeah. be the umpire's fault. But, but that like, wasn't the case. A cool moment, I think, we had with him, our first baseman. And I was like, hey, dude, like, I noticed you were, you were kind of like talking shit to the, about the umpire, kind of blaming the umpire. Like, dude, that's not what we need to be saying. Because like, that's, that's like life, right? Like the lessons we teach from like baseball that like, mm -hmm. leak, leak over into life. It's like there's gonna be some things that like you can't control, but like what you can control is like how you respond to that and how you handle it. Because shit, dude, you might lose a game because the umpire makes a hundred percent the wrong call, but like you can't control that. It's mm -hmm. frustrating. You could spend energy into yelling at him or being shitty to him, but like he's not gonna be like, oh yeah, I changed my mind. Like he's safe when it's when he was called him out. You can't you can't worry about it. And I think hopefully he took it in well. And hopefully he kind of was like, yeah, shit, like, yeah, he's right. Because all I can do is ball a little harder if I can. Yeah, because Try if, to ball a little bit harder, bro. If you made some bad plays, if you made some errors, which I'm pretty sure he did, then, like, you can't really complain. You can – and that's what, like, trying to teach him how to be men and be accountable is that, like, dude, if, if you're blaming an outside source or something else when you didn't do everything you could, then, like – You kind of, like, hypocritical to an extent, yeah, you know? Yeah, and, like, only you know, you know. Yeah. Only this you know true. as a guy, only you know if you could have done something more. Could you have gone a little bit harder, you yeah. know? And, like, I don't think being, like, a man, I don't think that's a good way to go. Because if you start doing that from 12, then, like, you're only going to keep doing it and you're never going to stop. You know what I mean? Facts, bro. If something's not going the way you want it to go, but you're not doing everything you should be doing, then. How much time we at? Like, right at a little bit over an hour. Hour three. Not too shabby. Yeah. You want to call it? Yeah, I think we kind of. Hit a bunch of nails. Yeah, on the we head. did. We did. This was a this was a good one right here. So chime in, let us know what y'all think. Um, again, we just appreciate everybody. Share this with your friends. Um, 
there's anything that we really need to mention, maybe give us some topics to talk about. Yeah. We've always got some good shit on our brains, but we can always throw in some, some uh, what do you want to call them? Critter convos? Critter convos? Critter questions? Critter questions. Yeah, like, the our community is, like, small, non-existent slash small at the moment. Well, so hope- now's the best time to ask questions because we can actually, you know, take yeah. the time to see what people think, and it wouldn't be sorting through a, a shit ton of comments. Hopefully that's what we get to, but... Yeah, I, but I don't... I'm not trying to cater, but also if we build a community, and, like, we talked about respect, if people were putting time in for us, then, like, out of respect and out of, like, appreciation, I would, I would enjoy, like, answering, like serious or like important questions that people that follow us you know also if anybody viewing is an it guy we're looking for a position to be filled yeah. so uh let us know we will happily make you a part of this yeah, we'll figure squad, something out you know? work out a deal yeah we can figure something out yeah sign something. but uh this is t-roy actual and we got p-roy actual shark aka shark bit aka uh that guy we are out gone